At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This episode is an interview with Sarah Rose Smiley a portrait photographer whose work I discovered on Flickr many, many years ago. She takes empowering photos of herself and other people, and she also paints very beautifully. We talk about feminism, why it's important to love yourself as you are, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you here. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, Taya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Sarah Rose Smiley, and I'm a photographer and artist based in Boston, Massachusetts. Should I say more right now or keep going? Yes, feel free. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You want. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm primarily a photographer, but I've dabbled in a bunch of different types of photography and kind of landed on portraiture feeling the most authentic for me. 
as far as gear goes, I've stayed pretty true to Nikon. Uh, I use a Nikon D750, and I am a big advocate for the 50 and 35 Sigma 1.4 lenses. I love that that creamy portraiture that it gives you. So, yeah, I can, Nikon. I feel like it seems like a really good brand. I mean, I've used it a few times, as I mentioned in previous episodes, and it seems like a really powerful kind of uh, brand for photographers. From in my yeah. experience. I think I can't say that I've tried everything equally, but I, I do often get a sense of like the grass is greener with the other camera bands as well. But I think just in terms of like switching platforms is often very complicated. So I, I picked Nikon originally and I've, I've stuck with it happy so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing such a great job with it and the pictures you take are outstanding. And I really encourage all the listeners, if they are not familiar with your work already to check it out and get inspired by it. I'm sure that they'll find a lot of, beautiful work to relate to. Thank you. You're very welcome. You describe yourself as a visual artist on your website. What does that term mean to you? Yeah, I think this is a really great question. So in a lot of ways, well, photography has been my primary medium for a long time. I, I don't really like limiting myself to that. I really like playing with art and I like trying new and different things and making what is inevitably in the beginning bad art. So I think while I used to try to categorize myself a bit more, it grew to feel a bit like a box. And some days or weeks or months, I might feel more excitement about painting that I do than I do for photography more directly. And I thought visual artist kind of encompassed that a little bit more. Instead of saying the paragraph that I just said on my website, I could just kind of sum it up in a bit more of a, a general statement. And then mm-hmm. I feel like an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of describing it. And I think that's an important point to make. Because we don't have to always label ourselves a specific way. I mean, there are enough labels in the world. There's no point right. in saying you're just a photographer, you're just an artist, or you're just a painter or whatever. You can just give yourself a general term and be able to kind of fluidly move from each interest, one interest to yeah. the next. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a photographer that really only does solely photography, right? Like I know so many artistic people in my life and that I admire in the world that they do photography, but they also, they paint or they sketch or they do pottery. Like there's, I think, a creative energy that often lends itself to photography, but it it isn't limited to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome for us as photographers, especially if we do feel like we need to take a break. There's no shame in that. And I talk about this a lot, but I think it's awesome because then you can still be creative in other ways. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, betraying your love for photography, not at all. You're just rejuvenating yourself. You're just finding another outlet. And then maybe in the future, you can come back to photography and take even better pictures. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the concept of rest is not just isolated to physical rest, right? Like there's creative rest, there's visual rest, there's all these different kinds of needing to take a break from something in order to return at another point in time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what I really like about your work is that you focus a lot on feminism and general empowerment. There are very strong themes in your work. You have a beautiful way of incorporating them into your pictures. What is that process like for you? Oh, well, first, thank you. That would be my hope that that comes across. So it's a success that it does. I think as I've gotten older, it's become less of a process and more of a given that those are themes that need to be in my work. Understanding that art either maintains or disrupts the status quo, I feel very solidly in that I don't want to create something that maintains the systems of the world that we're living in. I want to disrupt it and I want to comment on how we need to be living differently. And 
it has been a process in realizing that that disruption can be quite small. You know, it can be very individualized. It can be almost imperceptible to some, but I don't want to create something that doesn't do that, at least on some level. And also, I, I've really learned that sometimes or even quite frequently, that disruption means inviting others into the process. I used to relate to art in a very individualized way for most of my life. It was often a source of, of competition and perfectionism and even just a venue for my own self-criticism. But growing into more of a community and abundance mindset with art has really shifted my focus. So instead of asking, like, what can I create? It becomes, what can we create together? And, you know, viewing it as a world-building endeavor and that something that it can't be done alone, I think, has become really the foundation of what I want to continue putting in the world and, and feminism and empowerment and working against systems of oppression absolutely have to be intertwined very deeply with all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I really respect you for doing that and for going against, you know, the flow and coming up with your own ideas and making sure that people are aware of your opinions and being unafraid to do that as well. I think that's a very brave thing to do. Thank you. And I think photography and art in general has been a kind of a safe, what has felt like a safer medium for me to figure that out within myself and to start pushing those boundaries. Like it's been a way for me to have a voice both to myself and in the world at large. And so I'm just grateful to have the, the access to it that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you believe that people don't need to get ready for photos to actually be photogenic, which I think is kind of unusual because as you mentioned previously, especially self-portraiture, and you've taken a lot of self-portraits as well, it can be a source of perfectionism and you, you might feel like you're competing with other people and you might feel like you want to be more beautiful than them, even on a subconscious level. I've dealt with this mm -hmm. myself. So your way of looking at things that everybody's photogenic, no matter how much they've prepared or how little that they've prepared for a photo shoot is really empowering. How can portrait photographers encourage their models to be their authentic selves in front of the camera? Yes. Yeah, first of all, I really try to push back against the idea of photogenic even being a thing, right? Because first, we need to understand where that norm comes from. And mm -hmm. this idea of presentability or whatever that means is so steeped and entrenched in white supremacist, ableist, and, and fat phobic notions of whose body is worthy of being seen. So what is it even saying to our less, quote unquote, prepared versions of ourselves are they less real or are they less worthy of being remembered or documented? Absolutely not. So photography for me is a love language and, and photographing the people that I love just as they are is my way of saying, I love you just as you are. And you don't need to change to fit some arbitrary notion of what someone should look like. And, and in particular, as that extends to self-portrait work, there's something kind of radical in that, in knowing that if photography is my love language, if I am really struggling with my appearance in the world because of all those oppressive systems that I just mentioned, like it can be a really radical act. You know, it's, I think this is a, a common quote, but loving yourself in a world that tells you otherwise is inherently a radical act. And photography for me is one active way mm -hmm. of disrupting that and of showing that love. And, you know, on a more practical in the moment level, if I'm with someone that maybe they aren't quite as comfortable with me yet and I'm taking their portraits, just being a human and being an honest and transparent about your own insecurities, you know, naming like, I also feel really critical of myself when I'm on camera and it, it helps me to remember this or it helps me to tell myself this or how can we help you feel more comfortable and just starting that conversation because people don't, we don't feel that way 
we are not the only people that feel that way, but it often feels very isolating to be feeling so critical of ourselves. So, you know, also just gas them up, tell them they look hot. They do. And, and just be a very vocal disruptor of that internal and external narrative of perfection, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. It's really important to be able to relate to your model and to make sure that they feel as comfortable as possible in front of you and to remember that you're also a human being who also feels weird in front of the camera, even as a professional photographer. That's uh, really important to remember. I feel so weird. (laughs) I feel so weird in front of the camera and and just being transparent about that too. Like, I don't like being photographed. And that's one reason that I often stay behind the camera. And and that's something that I'm working through about like why self-criticism show up for me in this way. But the more people that are honest about how lonely those feelings can feel, I think the more that we can work through them together in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point to make. I remember when I first started taking self-portraits, I was 12 years old. And back then I had no notion of beauty standards or anything mm-hmm. of that sort. Right. So I was just like, you know, I'll just take photos of myself. I didn't wear makeup back then. And I remember I felt really free because I was just focusing on the art photography and telling mm-hmm. my story. And then with time, especially now, so many years later, it's been over 11 years. Now I feel like I'm obliged to wear makeup before a photo shoot. And it's just on a subconscious level. I'm just doing it automatically. And I caught myself mm-hmm. recently and I asked myself, why do I feel like I have to put makeup on? Why do I feel like I have to lose weight for photography? You know, a bunch of mm-hmm. other questions are related to this. And it's really weird how systems can affect us as photographers or self-portrait photographers. And yeah. I noticed it a lot in... Um, we run a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for photographers. Everyone is welcome to join, by the way. And I've noticed um, I started a discussion about self-portrait with photography. And a few people were like, I don't feel beautiful enough to take photos of myself. I don't feel like I you know, have the model looks and stuff. And I was just so disappointed by that. And it's, it's interesting how that narrative, as you explained, the internal and external narrative affects how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one question that that I ask myself when I'm finding myself falling into those thoughts is, who am I doing this for? Right? Like, whose judgment am I afraid of? Why do I feel the need to change how I look for this specific photograph or to present some other version of myself? And that can help me become a bit more grounded in do any of the people that I love and that love me, will they care if I look this way over this other way? Like, absolutely not. And I think we're often playing to this more oppressive idea of a judgmental community when if we actually humanize the folks involved, we remember that everyone has these feelings and everyone feels insecure because of the systems that we live in. So photography is just one way of of interrupting that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's a good question to ask yourself, who am I doing this for? Because that can really bring you back to yourself and help you reconnect with yourself in a more authentic way. Yeah. And it's hard. but. I think it's it's a worthwhile process. Yeah, Yeah, it is a difficult process. I mean, it's one thing to talk about these things, but then it's completely another to actually be right in front of the camera and not feel Mm -hmm. as beautiful as you would like to and feel compelled to maybe put some makeup on. Or, I mean, of course, there's nothing wrong with looking your best, but then there's this other side of it where you feel like without makeup or without fancy clothes, you're not going to be accepted by other people. And that's definitely a topic we need to discuss more often. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it sounds like your your Facebook group that you mentioned is even a great venue to start having those conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. 
We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. How can we help the photography industry improve when it comes to equality? Um, I love this question. It's such a big question. And two major things come to mind. I think the first is staying in your lane, specifically in regards to white photographers. So don't tell stories that you aren't linked to and, and stop co-opting narratives that are not your own. Actively moving away from a politics of pity and, and what some would call poverty pornography within their work. I think we often have like documentary photographers. I'm thinking of Steve McBride, for example, where someone is kind of inserting themselves into another culture or community. And there's a, a voyeuristic aspect that happens there. And those aren't that person's story to tell. So we have to be very mindful of where are we co-opting narratives that we really don't have a claim to and why do we feel compelled to do that? And then just as importantly, we have to recognize there are the stories being told that we as a more mainstream, like heteronormative white photography community have not been listening to. So just as we have to have this reckoning in every area of our life in terms of who's been abusing their power, who has been calling the shots, we have to do that with an art world as well. And so we need to be asking who has been dictating the story that we've been hearing and who hasn't been heard in that process. And, and most importantly, how do people that have been controlling the narrative give up that power? So as a person who identifies as a woman, I've often felt very uncomfortable and very male-dominated photography spaces. And there's a disconnect from who is telling whose story. And I think that's something that we have to be really, really mindful of because Photography offers such a powerful potential for narrative and narrative offers such an incredible opportunity to be heard and to understand each other. But when that narrative has become sidelined or when that narrative has become very one note, it's not doing the work that it could be doing. It's, it's actually creating harm. So that would be my, my initial messy thought about that. Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step -step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. No, that's a really, really good answer. And I think it's important to always remember to never pursue a project that will be, you know, at the expense of somebody else's story, you know, if, if yeah. it means that you don't have the, you know, the permission or the right to tell their story, it's definitely something worth considering. No project is worth that, worth, mm -hmm. worth um, humiliating someone, demeaning someone, or maybe making them feel like they don't have a voice of their own. So it's really important to just tell your own story and be aware and also maybe protect people who, who maybe don't have the platform that you do if you feel that they are in a situation that where they're being abused in some way. Right. Yeah. And then, and using your platform or giving your platform, right? So 
and that can be in a very technical way, like letting kids tell their own stories, letting anyone have the materials, even in more of a logistical, physical way of, of photographing or changing the narrative around. I, th- I think, honestly, like the advent of cell phone photography is incredible because it, it normalizes and offers a degree of equalization for access to this medium and validating that. I think there's a lot of a, of a hierarchy in photography about, oh, if this wasn't taken with an, a DSLR that took um, that cost this much money, then it's less valid of a piece of work. And I just think we have to throw that out the window because the point of photography is story, not necessarily Absolutely. the the technicality with which it's told, right? Exactly. Yeah. Technicalities, I mean, I respect them very much and a lot can come out of them. But at the same time, I personally don't pay very much attention to them. I just go with my intuition, like whatever works for me, whatever exposure works for me. And I work with manual, of course, in manual mode. But even that is just like, you know, whatever works for me at the moment, I'm going to break some rules and that's fine. Just want to tell the story. Break the rules. Love that. You also paint very, very beautifully. Does having hobbies outside of photography help you stay balanced? Oh, I think balance is a really kind <laughs> word for it. I mean, thank you also for the the compliment. That's very kind. I think on a on a good day, I would say that having multiple areas of artistic focus allows me to identify more with the core of being an artist. Like I I don't always feel like a photographer, but I I do usually feel like an artist or I don't always feel like a painter, but I I do usually feel like an artist. And when I think of art as more of a lifestyle and, and foundational approach of I will both see and recognize and create art in the world in the medium that feels best for me in the moment. That helps me feel less critical about, say, like not picking up my camera as much as I might have set the intention to originally. So I think it gives me room, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to give yourself room and uh, to breathe and space to be creative in as many ways that, as you like. I mean, for me, I was just thinking about resolutions, which, you know, is a mm. sensitive topic <laughs> for many people. And I feel like resolutions, just even not even New Year resolutions, but just general ones you give to yourself, what you pressure yourself with um, as an artist, even specifically. Like with me, myself, for example, um, let's say at the beginning of this year, I wanted to take this many photos or I wanted to be on this many book covers or whatever it was that I wanted. And as the year progresses, I feel like I'm failing myself almost, you know, and I, it just mm. takes away from the beauty of photography. And I like what you yeah. said about you know, just giving yourself that space to breathe and to not just enjoy what you want and not giving yourself any any specific guidelines as an artist is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also want to recognize that my livelihood currently doesn't depend on my the output of my art, right? I have a I have a full-time job in a different capacity. And so that was a, a tough decision for me to make to move away from doing more client work. But it did, that allowed me to be in the position of giving my art more space in the way that we're describing, right? And that is a, a gift in, in the way of having a different type of dependency and relationship to my art that not every artist has. So it also, you know, on the flip side, there is less time and less room in a quite logistical way because I do have other areas of focus, but it's, it's all of those things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often just a gray area, right? You're not exactly sure where you are, but the most important thing is that you love what you do, regardless of yes. uh, how often you do it. Yes, absolutely. You did a photo project called Coming Home, which is about authentic survivor representation, as you mentioned on your website. I'd love to know how you came up with the idea and what the shooting process was like. 
Yeah, I'm actually really excited to be able to talk about this project. So this was a really key example of what I mentioned before about art building and world building together. So my best friend and I actually took this project on together and it was the most beautiful and and heartbreaking and heart building process. So she is the subject of the photo series and she in particular in her stage of healing that she was in at the time was looking for herself. And the idea came to us when we asked, what would it be like to take this deeply individualized private process of healing and share it? What would it be like to invite other people into the pain and the beauty and the grief that this process of coming home to your body as a survivor is? And, you know, what if we didn't do this in isolation in the way that survivors are often silenced, often often pushed to the sidelines and told to, to deal with their mess alone and then come back when they're ready? And, and what if we didn't do that? What would it mean if by sharing this, someone else could feel less alone? So while it was just the two of us in this process together, by adding the camera into the mix, it really changed things and turned things inside out. And the shoots themselves were very hard. They were very real. Sometimes they couldn't happen or they could, we couldn't finish because it was too hard and the emotions that were brought up needed to be held in a different way and not documented on camera. And that just had to be built into the culture of the project with the work that we were trying to create. And it was also ridiculous. It was getting honey on my camera lens and not knowing how to clean it off and making it worse <laughs> in the meantime or clogging my bathtub with cornstarch when we were trying to make the water look milky or me almost falling into the water because I was bouncing on a wobbly stool or, oh God, cantaloupe seeds getting stuck in the carpet. You know, it was just like a mess of, of human experience. And, and most importantly, it was time with my best friend. We learned how to love each other more through this project. And I think that's the piece that I'm most proud of. And I I do think of it kind of as a never-ending project as well, both as my best friend's process of healing is not linear and always ongoing. So too is this, this project of documenting, right? So this process of coming home to yourself as a survivor doesn't have an end date. It changes and it moves and it, it looks different on different days as time passes. And I think that's the whole point. It's not linear and it's messy and you deserve to come home anyways and that's what we were hoping to communicate with this work. That's a very beautiful answer. And thank you for sharing that. First of all, not just with me, but with the public. I think it's a wonderful thing that your best friend agreed to do this in a public way. And I'm sure that it has helped a lot of people feel less alone and feel less isolated. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I do. And I have dreams of extending it farther and wider and in inviting others into it. So hopefully this is just the beginning. Oh, I'm sure that it is. I mean, you know, Humans of New York, right? That project, I'm yeah. sure you could get onto that level, you know, where you could tell people's stories and with, with permission and with as much respect as possible as you have already done so gracefully. Um, I would love uh, to see something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were given enough money to just enjoy your life as a photographer and not work for a month, what would you do? I'm going to answer this question as if COVID-19 was not currently in our world. Mm-hmm. I think... As I mentioned before, photography is really my love language. And I think I would just channel that. I would love to travel and and photograph my friends and their favorite places and to love them really big by inviting them into that process. So actually, as I sit here, I have an entire wall in my bedroom that's just absolutely covered in four by six photographs of all my loved ones. and, And most of them are not what I would call, quote unquote, artistic shots that I took with my big Nikon camera. 
but I, I look at this collection of all of these photographs and all of the people in my life that I love. And that is art to me. It's like this constellation of love in my life. And I think I would take a month to just build to that and dive deeper into that process of loving people by documenting and representing them anywhere that they want. <laughs> that's incredible. And it's cool to have a photo wall. It's uh, so yeah. Tumblr though, right? <laughs> it's very Tumblr. It's very Tumblr. It's, it's a thing that I'm sure I'll keep for the rest of my life. Honestly, it's a really nice way of, of reminding yourself of all the love in your life. I'm a very visual thinker. I mean, obviously, I'm just by being able to see the places I've been and, and the people that I love throughout my life and throughout the world. It's, I don't know, it's like a big hug every time I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can imagine. I also had a photo wall in Cyprus and I'm not sure, did I have one of your photos on it too? Because I had oh all my these God. photos from Flickr. <laughs> I still I'm have a so photo honored. I can't remember if it was, I'm pretty sure I added your photo to it or something because I did a lot of print exchanges back in the day. Because to everybody yeah. listening, back on Flickr, because Sarah and I know each other from Flickr, back when Flickr was in its golden age, right? <laughs> there were... Um, a lot of Flickr members who wanted to send each other prints, you know, and it was called a print exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of agreed on what prints you wanted to get from each other and you just send them to one another in uh, like a traditional way via snail mail. And it was, <laughs> it was a really fun process. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm so honored that I might have made it to your photo wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, Sarah, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Again, great question. I think it's the same thing as how I relate to my art in general. I really want to make something that matters. (laughs) I want to make something that moves. I want to make something that heals, that disrupts the status quo and that, that shifts the way we see things. In particular, how we see survivors, how survivors see themselves, how we see and understand beauty for ourselves and for others in the world around us. I want to offer other ideas of how we can fit those concepts and those practices into our lives because as it stands, the way we relate to them as a society is is deeply harmful. So no pressure, but I want to disrupt all of that. <laughs> and I mean, that feels impossible and huge and overwhelming and daunting as I say that, but I, I also really mean it. And like I said in the beginning, disruption can be quite small. It can be one person that loves himself a little bit more because of a photograph that you were able to make together. And to me, that is radical. To me, that is, that makes it all worth it. So I think that, and however that might look. Yeah, it's an incredible answer. And uh, it's definitely not impossible, in my opinion. I mean, you've already affected so many people's lives. And you keep on doing that in many creative ways, such graceful ways as well. So I have no doubt this will continue going on and you will continue to inspire many people to be their true selves. And I really look forward to seeing where that takes you. Oh, thank you so much, Daya. Well, I look forward to our next photo exchange. I'll have to get some of oh, yours yes. up on my oh, wall yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, we need to do a print exchange to bring back those old Flickr uh, traditions. Yes, absolutely. I mean, save the USPS, everyone. Send mail. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, awesome. Okay, agreed. Sarah, well, thank you so, so much, much for the time, Daya. Thank you, too. It was so much fun talking to you. I learned a lot, and I will leave all the links to Sarah's work in the show notes. Please check out her work and get inspired to make a radical change in your own life. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I've always admired Sarah's enthusiasm for equality and self-love, and I'm so glad that we were able to talk about both of those topics in detail. 
I hope our conversation encouraged you to be braver and to appreciate yourself as you are, because you are enough. See you next week! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.